Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to On Health and Healing with Angela Levesque right here on AtoZen.fm. I'm coming to you live this evening from the beautiful foothills of the Rocky Mountains here in Boise, Idaho. My guest tonight, Eliza Mata Dalian, is a self-realized mystic, spiritual teacher and healer and best-selling author of In Search of Miracles, Healing into Consciousness, a book described by Deepak Chopra as a simple and elegant map of the path of the of enlightenment. So that I'm very excited to speak with her this evening. Um, next week is Thanksgiving for all my American listeners, and I have a pre-recorded show for you because um, I will be enjoying my family and friends and my... Uh, thinking of my many blessings that I've had throughout this past year, and there have been many of them. So I have pre-recorded a show, but it is a very, very important show. Uh, I have Karen Lee and Ryan Carson on talking about how to create a healthy food storage and emergency kit. And in wake of Hurricane Sandy, I think it's a a must-listen-to show for everyone, and I just want to emphasize how to create a healthy food storage um, free of... Non, uh, free of GMO foods and uh, MSG and all sorts of things and uh, talking a little bit too about getting back to um, learning how to take care of ourselves and each other, maybe some of the more uh, pioneer ways of life. Um, so if you can't tune in next week because you will be enjoying time with your friends and family, please do listen to it in the broadcast or uh, it will be up in the archives as usual. So if you need to get a hold of me at any time during the week, you can email me at Angela at HestiaHealth.com. Um, you can go to my website, www.HestiaHealth.com. Visit me on Facebook and on Twitter. In fact, today I actually posted um, another class called Meditation for Self-Healing uh, on Udemy.com. That's U, the letter U, D-E-M-Y.com, and it's a filled with um, guided meditations and uh, narrated um, lecture series, and so do check that out. You can find that on my website. Tonight, though, we are talking about healing into consciousness, and uh, again, my guest tonight is Eliza Mata-Dalian, and she, you know, in her book, she talks a lot about surrender, and this has been a very important topic for me in my life lately. Many of you know I am a very wound-up kind of person, very type A, and it's easy for me to allow myself um, to get out of balance, and so it's something I need to be very conscious of, and when I do get out of balance, I do a very ego-based move and get attached to my outcomes, and uh, um, i become more aware of this over this, pa- this past year as I've gone through so many shifts in my work, and uh, I'm always now much more conscious of it, and so last week I started um, Deepak Chopra's 21-day meditation challenge on abundance. And I've always been a meditator, but I just enjoy the fact that I'm doing it with thousands of other people, and I've sort of altered my schedule to do it during the day, which I've noticed has has really changed a lot of things, and I think it's something I'm going to have to incorporate more um, into my day-to-day life. But you know, he talks a lot about when we're when we're thinking in terms of abundance, about surrendering surrendering to the infinite field of possibilities, which I just love that idea. Um, and I gotta say that that's just uh, goes part and parcel 
um, understanding and appreciating that there is this field out there and that I just need to surrender to it and appreciate the flow of life. And that makes so much sense to me. I think sometimes we forget when we don't take that time just to just to surrender and just be, um, we, we think that, you know, if we just hunker down and get things done that's the best best approach but it's amazing to me how much more productive and creative and efficient and balanced I am um, when I when I do take that time to just surrender to it and instead of always trying to do and do more and achieve more and again like I said getting attached to those outcomes so I know tonight we're going to talk about ego and its role and surrendering and what it means when she says healing into consciousness. So with that, um, let me introduce my guest. Eliza Mata Dalian, affectionately known as Mata, is a modern-day mystic, internationally acclaimed master healer and spiritual teacher. She's like a human X-ray machine who, with razor-sharp accuracy, is able to see the layers of people's unconscious, read the repressed thoughts, emotions, and belief pattern in the body that can cause their pain, fears, and suffering, and help them transform what's unconscious in the person into consciousness. Combining this unique gift with her experience of enlightenment at age 33 and her deep wisdom and compassion for human suffering, Mata devised the light speed healing system known as the Dalian Method for Health and Consciousness. This groundbreaking self-healing system helps to quickly identify and permanently erase the self-sabotaging imprints from the body's cellular memory and transform pain and ailments into health and self-empowered consciousness. Spiritually, the Dalian Method spontaneously assists the individual in awakening in their inner intelligence and discovering their true nature, creativity, and life purpose. So with that, it's my honor to welcome Mata to the program. Hi, Mata. How are you doing? Hello, Angela. My pleasure being on your show. I'm Thanks very, for having me. Uh, no problem. I'm very excited to talk about um, all of this stuff. I want to start. Um, it's really interesting to me that you had your enlightened experience at, at 33, and I'm like, wow, that's a year younger than me right now. And Can you tell me a little bit about how that happened and you know what what you actually went through well the the first thing is of course the preparation uh, for the moment to happen and most of our work is goes in preparation because when when that experience happens it's a gift from existence and no one knows um, when it can happen and and that's that's the blessing that's the surprise so in preparation, I've, I've been a seeker for many lifetimes, and this life, um, I came in with a very um, profound experience as uh, from my very beginning of my childhood. I had a, um, an experience with both my grandparents, um, a paternal father who died when I was five years old, and he died of cancer, and I watched him, uh, I watched him I watched him in that process of dying and struggling with death, and that put me on notice of my own mortality. And the question that was in my mind very profoundly was, who am I? What am I doing here? 
where would I go when I die? Because obviously, I in that moment, I recognize that I'm also mortal and I'll be dying as well. And the world will continue. And those were the questions that were very important. And then as years went by, obviously, we, we all do the normal things that we're supposed to be doing, go to school, go to university, have a family, et cetera, et cetera. And, and as, as most people... Most people who, who are searching, or consciously on, or unconsciously, they know that there's something more to life than the way we're living it. And um, I also, of course, had um, had my share of of difficulties as a child because my parents were divorced when I was um, seven, and I had a grand um, a stepmother who wasn't very, very kind and quite abusive, actually physically and verbally. So with all that combination, my search became even more important to me. And I was fortunate enough to come across um, one of the greatest mystics of, of uh, this this time, uh, George Gurdjieff and Osho, and that's where my whole life sort of changed. I left behind all the education that I've been after. Like everyone else, you know, we, we strive to have a, a education, to have a job, to have a family. So all those things fell away, and my focus was I want to know who I am. It was rekindled at the age of 24. And from that point on, Meditation was my priority. Looking inside was my priority, and I was sort of fanatical, uh, in, in in a sense, about meditation. And I was fortunate because I came across Osho, who, who I don't know if you know about him, but he's an Indian mystic, very well known, um, in the West uh, as well as around the world, with with. Um, 250 titles of books that he's uh, spoken, and he brought meditation techniques known as active meditations, and through active meditations and through actually using that intensity of my search and and single-pointedness is how the experience happened. And the experience was, um, leading up to it, there were a few experiences that that I realized in one of the meditations, again from Osho, I realized that meditation has a part which is there's a dance dance in it. Once you, one, it's the, the 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 second stage of the meditation because each meditation has different steps and different activities. And with this one, I realized that in the dancing, my body disappeared, and I was dancing, but I wasn't really dancing. The dance was happening. And there was no legs, there was no body, there was no arms, there was no head, nothing. There was simply an awareness of presence. And this is, this was within, within nothingness. There was absolutely nothing, transparent. But within that nothingness, there was the sense of fullness. And this is the, the, the expression that Buddha used that, to describe the, the essence is like um, uh, a state of nothingness. And through that experience, I for the first time understood what this meant. And of course, that was my first, um, first experience amongst many, which brought two years later, which brought me to another, or actually, 
probably about four years later, brought me to another very profound experience, which was um, seeing my entire body turning into light. Again, the body disappeared, and all there was was consciousness. And I realized that this is the moment where the ego completely dissolved, and there was a sense of understanding the oneness that we normally talk about, that this consciousness is not separate from the consciousness that exists within the whole universe, and realizing that I am the universe, and realizing that the, the whole universe is made of joy, and that is the essence, that is the core of everything within existence. So with that realization, the search itself dropped, and the goal dropped, and there was nowhere else to go. There was an understanding that this moment is all. This moment is, is moment to moment, is all I can do is just be present, moment to moment, live whatever life I have moment to moment. And the good thing about a woman having an experience like that maybe I can mention here, versus a man, 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 is that a woman doesn't take these things too seriously. So for me, it was like, okay, I had this experience. It was an experience, just like any other experience. So I let that go, and you talked a little bit about surrender in the beginning. So, And it was now time to integrate that awareness. It's a shift it's a complete shift in perception. It's a complete shift of seeing that what I thought was real is no longer real. And the real is something that never dies. It's always present, and no matter what happens. Um, and, and, and then the integration process took me through different phases of, um, in a way, unfoldment of how, how things then step by step started started to unfold in my life. Wow. <laughs> I want to get in. I I like what you, you were talking about, completely moving beyond the ego, and I want to uh, get into that. We're actually up on our first break. Um, if you want to check out my guest website while we're talking, you can uh, go to madadalian.com. That's M-A-D-A-D-A-L-I-A-N.com, madadalian.com. Um, when we get back, we're going to talk all about the ego. Join me, Angela Levesque, every Thursday night for Unhealth and Healing, where each week my guests and I will discuss the latest in alternative health, conscious healing, and integrative medicine. On Health and Healing, the show where science and spirituality merge. Be sure to visit HestiaHealth.com to stay up to date with current class listings, check out previous shows, or to read my weekly blog on all things related to health and healing. I would love to hear from you. Join me on Facebook and on Twitter at Hestia Health, creating a calm mind and open heart. The information presented on this show is meant for educational purposes only and is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Please contact your healthcare provider before making any changes to your current health program. 
All right, we are back, and you're listening to A to Zen.fm, and the show is on health and healing with Angela Levesque. My guest tonight is Eliza Mata Dalian, affectionately known as Mata, so that's how we'll refer to her this evening. And we are talking about healing into consciousness this evening. And uh, before the break, Mata was just telling us this amazing story of of um, her enlightenment and moving into these places where she's completely pierced the veil and moved beyond the ego. And I wonder, um, as we talk about this, do people need to have that sort of experience in order to um, start to live more according to the, the principles in your book? Do we? How does one who has never had that experience of, you know, of that pure being um, start to move beyond the ego? And is that where we really need to start, is, is to transcend the ego? Or or how, what is your suggestions on those things? Well, my experience now, uh, as I'm working with, with thousands of people, my experience is that the times now are quite different from the time when I had this experience. And um, what, what I'm experiencing now with people is that each person, and, and especially when they're working with my technique, which we'll talk about it later, I think you wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But th- through that, people are having experiences of understanding, seeing the ego from the distance. And it's a preparation process, like I said earlier, that the moment you start seeing the fear as separate from you, the fear of death or fear of the unknown, or you start seeing the mind, the, the mind patterns, the way you've been um, living them or the emotions, and you start understanding how the conditionings work and where you adopted certain belief systems and how we, of course, learn things from our parents and when continue repeating things mechanically, all those things, watching them and realizing that this is not me is how slowly, slowly there is a distance that starts being created between the consciousness, the witness, the, the, the awareness of I am not this, what I, what I see, and coming closer to experiencing the being, that emptiness where, where, where everything exists, basically. So I want to so, stop so there. Um, just for a minute, because you brought up a couple of terms that I think that I would like to have you explain. So, first of all, when we talk about consciousness, because I think we hear the word consciousness thrown around a lot, <laughs> it's become more of a sort of a popular buzzword. And I want you to explain when we talk about consciousness, what exactly are we talking about? Well, consciousness in in it's really it's a difficult one to to explain, but. The way I can explain it is consciousness is that formless part within our being that knows who we truly are. And and it is more just um, more like a state of thinking or awareness of people, things, and the world around us. It is our inner state of knowing that we are beyond the body, beyond the mind, beyond the emotions, and we're beyond the ego personality. And consciousness is actually um, beyond space and, space and time. We're, we're living in the realm of space and time. But consciousness exists eternally. We are, this is why we are eternal. Our body comes and goes, but that, that part which transcends space and time always is there. We cannot 
take it out of existence. And consciousness is like the thread that connects all the moments between life, death, and, and rebirth. It gives us the clarity of vision, and it helps us become aware of our true nature and oneness with the universe. And so the subtitle of your book is Healing into Consciousness. And what, what exactly are you referring to when you're saying that? What I refer to basically in the reason I said healing into consciousness, once we get to that place of consciousness that we call enlightenment, awakening, um, and come a knower of all these things that I just said, the process to get there is a process of healing. And to me, healing in consciousness is that ultimate reaching the peak but to get there we we take those small steps of healing and transforming what i call the wounded ego into a healthy ego before we can actually surrender and let go of the ego and so when we're talking about um i know when you're using the term healing it has a very broad meaning but if we're talking about just healing the physical body do you believe that once you're able to transcend the ego that um you know your healing potential as far as healing the physical body is limitless can you transcend well, we need, yeah sorry continue no go ahead yeah well, first of all we need to understand that the body is not separate from our thoughts and our emotions and our spirit and if we take body as a separate something then then this is where our whole um, healing paradigm goes wrong because it, what affects the health of the body is our emotional and mental state and we know this already um, even you know psychologists say it and and it's already even physicians start to recognize it that 99 percent of illnesses are sarcosomatic so which means our thoughts and emotions affect the way our physical body um, is going to be and the, he- the state of our physical health. And if we want to change or heal the physical body, we need to also look, uh, involve the, the mental and emotional state and we need to look at that because that is what um, ultimately would, would create the illnesses that are um, incurable, unknown, Nobody knows what the cause is, um, and and uh, we go to heal the body through medication, which is actually we make it worse because even if we take medication, um, the symptom is repressed. It does not mean that the cause disappeared. So, how can you explain a little bit? Because you talk a lot about um, the power of thought, and uh, how how does it's interesting because I've understood this concept so many times, you know, how you were saying that, that the physical body isn't separate and that we like to sort of put things into categories. And so it's sort of I'm processing stuff right now because you said it in such a way that it hit me a little bit differently. And so I'm having this this, this awareness about that. But Ty, I'd like for you to talk a little bit more about how these thoughts and the emotions get trapped in the body, um, maybe from a, an energetic perspective as well. Of course. The the thoughts, first of all, we need to keep in mind that what heals is consciousness, not the thoughts. The thoughts are are what create the problem. And when I say the thoughts, 
we need to understand that both positive and negative thoughts are still thoughts, and they, they have certain energetic wavelengths. If we repress our negative thoughts, we're automatically repressing the opposite, the other side of the coin, which is, which is coming to the, to the uh, neutral place of balance. In order to come to the neutral place of balance, we need to transcend both positive and negative thoughts and come to a place of consciousness. So, for example, if somebody's having a really hard time and life is not going well and, and they're full of judgment and anger and they're feeling like being, they're a victim and uh, they want to heal, there's, there's obviously everybody wants to feel better, everybody wants to, to have a good life, and, and then the person is lost, they don't know what to do, and um, then they look for books, they, they, they read books, they look for ways to actually come out of that state, uh, a negative state, then they start using positive um, visualizations or affirmations, etc., etc., but very, very minimally it has an effect because the causes of the negative emotions and negative thoughts have not been addressed and erased. So the, the positive, no matter how much we think positive, when we go to sleep, those negative thoughts are still working in the body. And whatever is causing a, a, a certain uh, physical ailment is still going to continue, no matter how many positive thoughts we put on top of it. So what we need to do if we really want to create permanent healing, we need to go into the body to see what kind of thought forms are repressed in the body and what are the causal thought forms, what are the beliefs that run the energy, because the body is like a computer. And whatever program is placed in the computer, the computer will run that way. Whatever thought forms and beliefs are repressed in the energy and imprinted in the body, is how the energy is going to run. So if, if you say, I can't do this, and there's a belief, I can't do this, I'm, I'm, many people have this, right? I'm not good, good enough, um, uh, other people are better, so we, we learn to compare, and um, uh, fear is another one, when there's fear about taking risks, fear about um, speaking out, oh, lots of all sorts of fears, uh, fear about uh, the sexuality, fear about the body. So all those fears are like blockages that block the energy. And they're there, obviously, because there's not enough consciousness in the person. They haven't really seen that this fear is actually an illusion. To see that the fear is an illusion, you need to come to the place of consciousness. And to come there, we need to release and and transform those beliefs from the body. Now, I understand um, the stuff like emotions and thoughts, and those are very internally created. How does how does um, you know maybe something that comes outside of the body, like uh, an environmental uh, toxicity, or you know the you know eating really horrible processed food? How does that? Um, sort of interact with this whole healing into consciousness and what effect does that have like those external things on the internal environment in the body okay my 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 understanding of that is probably it has a 10% effect ah. 
the 90% is the toxins that are created by our thoughts and emotions. Because if somebody's really in, there's even actually a beautiful um, story about a Sufi mystic where he had a, he had a wound and um, and obviously, you know, it's an open wound and there were some creatures in there. And what what he was doing, and he, he could see the creatures in, in the wound, and he he started sending love because Sufis are very loving. So that they, they sort of look at existence as the beloved. And um, treating those creatures with, with a lot of love and, and you know, well, you, you also need to survive. So if my wound is going to let let you survive then uh, so be it and miraculously the wound started healing so if if we take um you know it, it there's an cold, a thing called alchemy even if we eat something that is really not um totally healthy but if we bring in that energy from consciousness because we are powerful beyond imagination it is possible to to start neutralizing some of the effects of the environment. Of course, uh, we can't, it, it's an uphill task. It's an uphill battle. If, if you start battling with all the cell um, phone electromagnetic fields, you're not going to win. That's definitely going to affect. But we have a choice how um, and what we can do. Again, that choice comes from our awareness and from our consciousness. All right, well, we are up on our next break. Um, when we get back, I want to talk about the four stages of healing consciousness and uh, get a little bit more into the chakras and the, the energetic aspects of what we're talking about. We'll be right back after this break. Join me, Angela Levesque, every Thursday night for Unhealth and Healing, where each week my guests and I will discuss the latest in alternative health, conscious healing, and integrative medicine. On Health and Healing, the show where science and spirituality merge. Be sure to visit HestiaHealth.com to stay up to date with current class listings, check out previous shows, or to read my weekly blog on all things related to health and healing. I would love to hear from you. Join me on Facebook and on Twitter at Hestia Health, creating a calm mind and open heart. The information presented on this show is meant for educational purposes only and is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Please contact your healthcare provider before making any changes to your current health program. All right, we are back and you're listening to Unhealth and Healing with Angela Ovec right here on adazen.fm. My um, guest again tonight is Eliza Mata Dalian, and uh, if you want to check out her website while we are talking, you can go to matadalian.com. Um, you used the word before the break. Um, I wanted to ask you to explain it because you use it a lot in the book, and I think it's a little bit of a, an interesting spin on our idea of awareness. I want you to explain a little bit about what witnessing is and how um, important it is uh, in this process. The part of our, it's, it's like a muscle that we need to develop. And what does the witnessing do? It brings us closer to ourselves, to our being, to recognize, to experience, to see that we're not the things that we believe we are. And if we don't witness, then we're identified with something. For example, um, 
Actually, I can give you a, a very um, easy example that just recently I, um, I was working with a 10-year-old boy. And um, I've worked with him, I've worked with him when he was about eight or so. And um, he used to have a problem with bedwetting. So once we worked with him, that was solved, it was gone. And, and now he's getting older. Actually, he, he, you know, he's just entering, um, did I say 10? I think he was 12. So it's just entering into teenage years. And what happens in that transition, there's a lot of fear that starts coming up. And when, when I worked with him, what came up from his unconsciousness was a fear of death and not wanting to die. Sort of like, you know, struggling with, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And what was happening, it was his memory from his previous lifetime because he died struggling, I don't want to die. And why do we normally struggle with not wanting to die is because obviously we haven't lived our life fully and we haven't realized that life comes and goes but there's something in me that never dies and, and I'm eternal. So when that that part is not realized, then we stay identified with fear, with pain, with with the world of temporariness of things that come and go. And, and as he struggled, and he struggled, and, and um, I work, of course, with my method with, with those beliefs from the unconscious. And once those were re released and those repressed, unlived thought forms and beliefs were released, what happened? His consciousness came in and said, he realized that, oh, I can never die. I'm eternal. Even though my body comes and goes, I can never die. And that was the moment where a complete shift in his whole body and his whole um, psyche happened. Now, entering a life like that for a young man, it's going to be a more fulfilling life. Otherwise, we continue the same, the same patterns, the same um, unlived sort of beliefs continue from life to life. Now, within that moment, there was a witness. He witnessed he saw himself separate from the fear and, and from not wanting to die. And this is just an example of, of a 12-year-old, but it, the same thing happens with adults. The moment we witness something, then we immediately there's a distance that's created between that, what I was identified with and thought that was me, and between my awareness, my consciousness that knows I am not this. I am not the fear. So that's why witnessing is, is absolutely essential. And witnessing is normally cultivated through, of course, the meditation, um, practice of meditation. So you just uh, spoke briefly about um, identification, and disidentification is one of the four stages of consciousness. Can you speak a little bit more about that and then uh, speak to the other three as well? Yes. Well, first of all, to heal into consciousness, first of all, even to begin to heal, we need to um, understand that we're not even talking about the the part where people are um, absolutely unaware that I need to do any kind of work in order to heal. So we're not talking about that. I'm talking from the moment a person becomes aware that I need to do something in order to heal. It's my, whatever 
happening to me. It's my life experience, and perhaps there's lessons I need to learn. So I need to do what I need to do to heal myself. So that's the first step of healing is contemplation. Contemplating about possibilities to what do I need to do to heal myself because um, I'm, I, I know that just taking medication is not going to solve my problem. So that then through contemplation, we need to look inside. So the second phase would be introspection. And introspection, meaning understanding myself, understanding why I feel this way, understanding what could be my lessons here, and understanding why I, um, I react, why do I behave a certain way. And as we start contemplating, this is where we start coming closer to our intuition. We start coming down from the head away from just a logical mind and starting to recognize that intuitively I know my intuition knows what I need to do so if somebody tells me do this but intuitively I feel this is not really um, what would be helpful for me and and um, I learn to follow my intuition I'm coming closer to finding the cure to finding what I need to do precisely to help myself because I'm an individual. You're an individual. Each person is an individual. We cannot have the same cure for everyone because the cause is different in each individual. And our medication just it treats all, all the causes in the same way. All it does, it represses them. So then after that, after you start recognizing that intuitively I need to do the work, you start recognizing that what is sabotaging my health, what is sabotaging my happiness, then you will already start seeing those patterns. And that's the process where you start disidentifying from the things that you believed in. And in that process of disidentification, how you come to the recognition of I am eternal, and life comes and goes. Uh, all the things that are in my life are here like teachers to teach me what I need to learn about myself, about the universe, about uh, humanity, about what is to be human, and about uh, what is the difference between a being and the mind and emotions and intuition. So all these things happen as we start disidentifying and looking deeper in to to find that part that we call the being. One one question that uh, strikes me, and even after hearing your amazing story in the first segment, um, how how do you do these things? How do you walk the line between you know being a soccer mom and doing all the you know the day to day things that need to be done, and still have this realization of yourself as this this pure being? How do how do you sort of deal with those those two aspects of of yourself well you know it's it's all a matter of intent and I have moms with three children and they're really busy you know moms with three children is a lot of a lot of responsibility and young children and because there is a there is a uh, uh, an urgency within them and because there is a knowingness within them that I have to put in the time to also work on myself, they do find the time. So it's it's all a matter of 
um, intent, in my view, that if there is an intent, if there is a desire, if there is um, a feeling that I, I need to find myself because I want to really be a good mom. And the more I can find myself, the more I can find my power, my inner strength, and the more I can heal myself into consciousness, the more I can model that kind of approach to my children, the more I can help my children to find their own inner being and uniqueness and 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 start singing their own song from, from early on instead of being afraid and imitating or or thinking they um, that they're not capable to do what what th- their longing is what their gifts are so it's um, I think it's a matter of education and it's, it's a matter of um, once people start doing this work it becomes so exciting that they they come to a place of saying, well, I don't know how I've lived without knowing myself for so long. And I wouldn't change it for anything because my life, I'm happier because I'm happier. My children are happier and, and my family life is happier because I'm doing my personal work. So can all of this be done um, by the individual or is this something that... You know, you have to go see somebody like yourself to do this work. How how primarily is this work done? Is it through meditation or is it work with, with somebody else or a combination of both? Well, first of all, it's individual work because n- no matter how much you work with someone, I can only point the way, I can only give to tools, I can only um, encourage, but you still have to do the work. So it's absolutely individual because nobody can do this work for anyone else. So what what I bring in here is um, the, the self-healing technique that I, um, of, of the method that I devised that I've been working with one-on-one. And this is a very profound technique that people, uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of the eight-week online course right now where we're using that technique. People are using it on their own during um, every week and with tremendous transformation and it's actually once you do it yourself and you gain that transformation internally on your own then the 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 power of that awareness nobody can take it away from you and it builds on itself and it builds on itself and that's how you come to your true potential to your gifts to your um to your unique voice and on, until each person finds their own unique voice it's it's always we stay in judgment in in competitiveness in um it, that's how the ego stays alive pretty much you know but the moment you find your your inner power you find your inner truth you find your own gifts there's nothing you need to compete with, so the ego takes the back seat. I like that. Um, we're actually going to uh, take our next break, so we have a little bit more in our next segment. Um, again, if you want to check out her website while we're talking, uh, you can go to madadalian.com. We'll be right back after this break. Join me, Angela Levesque, every Thursday night for Unhealth and Healing where each week my guests and I will discuss the latest in alternative health, conscious healing, and integrative medicine. On Health and Healing, the show where science and spirituality merge. 
Be sure to visit HestiaHealth.com to stay up to date with current class listings, check out previous shows, or to read my weekly blog on all things related to health and healing. I would love to hear from you. Join me on Facebook and on Twitter at Hestia Health, creating a calm mind and open heart. The information presented on this show is meant for educational purposes only and is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Please contact your health care provider before making any changes to your current health program. All right, we're back and you're listening to Unhealth and Healing with Angela Levesque right here on A to Zen FM. Um, we are in the last segment here with uh, Mata Dalian. And um, in your book, you have several chapters on the energetic aspects. And honestly, they were just, they just blew me away. I've actually, I probably could read it three or four times and still not be able to absorb all the information. We could have you on for a whole other show to talk about those chapters. Um, So I just want to talk a little bit briefly. You do talk about the chakra system. And we spoke in in a previous segment about the way the thoughts and the energy or the emotions um, create stored energy. It will create energy blocks in the body. And I was just wondering when we talk about um, freeing up those energy blocks, does that have to be done through energy work? Is that something that your Dalian method works with, or is that something that we can do just by doing the inner work and removing those blocks ourselves? The Dalian method helps you identify what the blocks are very quickly and transform them, dissolve them very quickly. It's an avant-garde method. It's it's um, every every century, every time brings along those techniques, bring, brings along people who who um, in a way like our vehicles to to bring those new techniques to our to the, to our consciousness because it's it's a matter of evolution and once as as human species and I believe we are now we have evolved to a very to to a, to a point where we understand these concepts we understand that we're more than the body if if we were talking about this 50 um, or 100 years ago, most people wouldn't even have a clue what we're talking about. But now many people understand because we've evolved, we've evolved to that place. So this technique is a technique that is being introduced at this time of our evolution to take the human transformation into consciousness to the next level and very quickly because everything is... Is, is a process of quickening that's been already happening for some time. And now we are ready to take that quantum leap, the jump. And this is the technique that can actually help you take that jump instantaneously and very quickly. So if somebody's sitting uh, at their home and they're thinking about, you know, um, what sort of blockages and stuff that they might have, where can they start? Um, outside of the Dalian method, where can they start to to release those sort of blockages, and how do they maybe know what um, what chakra or you know where that blockage is is occurring in their body? Well, most people are already aware where in the body they're feeling discomfort. So obviously, the body is that tool that shows where to look. So if there's a certain pain in the body, in a certain area, or there's illness in a certain area, 
that's already an indication the body is the number one friend that says, here's where you have to look. This is the area where you need to transform. And if we can look at what's in this area that is blocked, why is the energy blocked? What's in the energy that is blocked? That's basically the work. Once we we can see and identify what's blocked in that energy and, and release that, then obviously the energy will start moving. And these are such simple, simple things. For example, um, you know, most people experience stress. And what causes stress? All our unlived, repressed emotions and thoughts cause stress. And the stress could be, many people have the stress in their shoulders and their shoulder pain or lower back pain. So these these are the areas that are associated with what kind of thoughts am I am I repressing? How am I repressing my anger? Every time I feel I want to say something and I don't say, where I where do I store it in my body? Because if it's not lived, anything that is not lived, it stays there. And this is the first step that people can start looking. That's how you can start looking into your body and say, okay, let me see what is this pain telling me? What what have I been doing with myself? What are my patterns? How do I behave? What do I constantly think and do not uh, verbalize? What are my fears? So this is this is the process to start to start taking the clues from the body and and start the contemplation process, introspection process, and that's how you start slowly recognizing the patterns as well. And the DAM method, which is called shortly DM, can can take you very quickly to identify those thought forms, emotions. It's a system that will help you to release them. And once you release them, your consciousness, which is all inside you, you don't have to create it. You are it. It just comes and shines through the clouds. And once the clouds are dispersed, that's that's what we call transformation. That's what we call enlightenment or awakening. So the people that are out there that are thinking the Dalian method sounds like a pretty amazing thing, is that something that they, do they have to, how, how would they acquire that? Do they have to see you personally? Um, how, do, how does that work? Well, um, I have been doing personal sessions. I'm still doing them by phone. Um, and I, I'm sort of trying not to do them too much. Um, I haven't been because I've been uh, working on completing this uh, book and a CD, which is the self-healing version of the Dalian Method, which will be released in, um, I would say, probably springtime. It's been in the works, and every time I t- I'm on the show, and I'm, unfortunately I can't direct people to here, go and you know get it and start using it, but um, it will be coming soon, and it's been delayed because I'm trying to make sure that it's uh, all, all the aspects are covered and there's now a DVD that has to go with it that will explain how to do it properly so that everything is there and anybody who takes it, they can very easily work through it. And um, I've exp- experimented with it with... Um, many groups of people, and even currently in my online course, people are using the portions of the system. It's not even the whole system. And even with the portions, it's tremendous how quickly they come to awareness and start dissolving those 
uh, those blockages. So I'm looking forward, Angela, to share it with with you, with people, and um, to train you know as many uh, therapists as are as uh, I can that uh, you can pass it on as well because this is the time we have we're, we have to collectively step into something something new a new paradigm a new a new type of lifestyle and we, we are the people we have been preparing the foundation and we're ready there's a lot of readiness so this technique will help people to quickly move there and just a few more months um, you know and it should be out and I'll be happy to talk to you again once it's out so we can cover it even um, a little bit more in, in depth. That would be wonderful. So we have only a couple minutes left. How do people get your book, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness? How would people get that? Um, the book is available on my website. It's available on Amazon. And there's also um, uh, a special on my website with the purchase of the book and a No Yes Active Meditation CD, which is, by the way, another very powerful technique that... Um, people can use already right away so with the purchase of the two there is um, they can sign up for a free teleclass and they can ask a personal question um, with regards to health or or anything else and I'll be happy to look into the uh, what's happening in the energy and give some guidance all right well thank you so much for being on the show I very much enjoy having uh, enjoyed having your heart your teaching heart on this program I enjoy having people with the heart of a teacher so Thank you so much, and have a great night. Thank you, Angela. All the best. All right. Again, you can go to madadalian.com if you want to check out her book. And um, next week, like I said, we will not have a live show. We will have a pre-recorded show, but it's a very important one talking about how to create a healthy food storage and your emergency preparedness kit and uh, up next we have midnight meditations you can hear me every Thursday night here on A to Zen FM at 11pm um, this is Angela Levesque wishing you good night and good health uh, see you next week